0: Coming to you from Eastern Oregon, this is Bobby Love. And the chances of me listening to that show, well, let's just say, I doubt it. Bush did 9-11.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. Episode 189 of your twice weekly source for news and ridiculous comment. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dolamore. Sitting across from me, <laughs> the lady who who hates my breath, my terrible, terrible breath, Brittany Page.
2: Well, it's just because you ate a lot of onions. We... so listen, it, it smelled like an onion factory everywhere you go.
1: An onion factory? Yeah. I, I think you mean onion farm.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, that's probably that's probably better.
1: Onion factory.
2: Either or. Like
1: an assembly line of onions being <laughs> handcrafted.
2: I don't know what they do in the <laughs> onion world. Industry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what's going on.
1: Well, you are you are sensitive to such things as smells. And I am that type of, of thing. I I on the other hand, while not over overly sensitive to really anything, Except for dirty looks, maybe, which I'm getting right now. Um, I love me some onions. Yeah. I, I love the cooked onions. I love the, the uncooked onions.
2: Yeah, it can be a little disturbing because... I love the garlic. Bad smells, I, I feel like they're an assault on me.
1: An assault? Yeah, you say. like wow.
2: farts. You're assaulting me. It's very... <laughs> It's a very tender. Why
1: why did I why did I get the impression, the distinct impression that uh, when you said you're insult you're assaulting me <laughs> that you that wasn't like the royal you are like anyone who does it.
2: I, no, it's anyone that does it.
1: <laughs> no, but your specific saying you're that you were really for- referring to me.
2: That is true. I was also referring to you, but it's anybody. I am assaulted by all farts. It's it's a Yes. <laughs> or burps. I don't like walking into people's yeah, burps. Yeah, well, that's It is a very unfortunate thing when that happens.
1: Where were we the other day and we walked into a cloud of Oh, it was we were we were walking on a sidewalk and there was a gentleman sitting there on his phone and he had just it would he was the only one around and it was there was no no way it could be anyone else and we walked into the smell of garlic and stomach bile. Oh God! It was. It was. You remember this? It was. It was walking into the the leftover particles that had just been in seemingly his d- digestive tract.
2: No, I blocked out that assault, obviously, because <laughs> I. No, I don't remember that happening. That's horrific. No good. But that's exactly what I mean. So the onions, it can cause that that smell too, where yeah, it's yeah. kind of acidic and it, it's not good. Well,
1: listen, onions is one thing. Garlic is another. But farts are, I kind of agree with you because it really is little microscopic poop particles. It's particles of poop that are floating through the air. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a smell particles of anything else why are you laughing because
2: we talked about poop on our last show and now we're talking about something very similar again i
1: I think the audience would side with me agreeing that poop plays poop plays
2: okay but i i did allude to something last time when we were talking About how I talked about puke at the Thanksgiving table one year. I would
1: like you to tell that story. And
2: yeah, so people wanted to hear the story. So basically what happened is my family sat down for the Thanksgiving dinner and everyone... Was seated and someone started talking about something and it was gross. And I was like, oh, that makes me want to puke. And I just said the word puke. I wasn't explaining, you know, the chunks or anything. I wasn't going into detail right. about you, the puke. You were going, right. I just, said, noises. <laughs> I just said puke. And someone got up from the table and left and said, I'm not going to. I'm not going to deal with this.
1: Right. It, it, like, it was a trouble that ensued because you just said the word yeah. puke at the dinner table, which apparently was off color.
2: Yeah, she said it was disgusting and she couldn't eat if, well, if the talk about puke uh, why, was going to be happening.
1: That's that's what happened. Yeah. that's dis- She didn't just storm away. She said, that's disgusting. I'm going to leave the table if this continues, to which Brittany Page said, what, uh, me talking about puke? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wasn't a fan of this person. You
1: you forced her hand, or her feet in this case, to get up and walk away.
2: Well, I was kind of irritated by it because I understand if someone's like going into detail about something, you Chunkiness know.
1: Chunkiness or yeah, the stomach bile yeah, smell. Yeah, I, under- I
2: understand that. But all I said was the word. and Right. You know, I don't know why someone would be so sensitive to that. But yeah, then she got up and left the table and it was this ordeal where it was kind of awkward and people were having to go and talk to her and try to convince her to come back to the table. It was just, it was really horrible. Right.
1: (laughs) Well, this took an unexpected turn.
2: And you lucked out that year because you uh, did not come.
1: I was home, quote unquote, sick. (laughs) That is right.
2: Yeah. What a lucky duck. (laughs)
1: All right, let's 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 move on. A
2: lying, lucky deck. With
1: the regularly scheduled program. Program. We have some listener feedback to get to.
2: We have a lot of listener yeah, feedback.
1: Yeah, it, it was a good uh, couple of days for people getting a hold of us to tell us things that they want us to know.
2: We love it. First
1: of all, we will get to a message via text message through 657-464-7609.
2: Hi, guys. Kathy from Boise. Smiley face.
1: We love Kathy.
2: Yesterday, I listened to the last two episodes along with the two bonus debate episodes. Wow. Really getting it done, Kathy. Oh,
1: shit. That's a lot of... That's dedication.
2: I was cleaning house and drinking some beers. I'm sure the beer helped too. Some beers. (laughs) But once (laughs) to let you know how much I enjoy the show and appreciate the insane amount of effort, I am certain goes into every episode. You guys are worth every penny I spend on Patreon. I definitely get the best end of that deal. Thanks for all you do.
1: And the Patreon money is not just why we love Kathy. No. It's a multitude
2: of reasons. Her Her beautiful voice. Her
1: ridiculous voice but also just the long time listenership
3: mm-hmm.
1: our fondness for you not just you kathy this is the royal you i guess for for all of you audience our fondness for you grows each and every episode so if you just started listening yeah you know we we love you but if you listen for 180 episodes we really love
2: you <laughs> wow <laughs> I don't share that sentiment.
1: Wow, you hate everyone.
2: No. Good
1: to go. All right, our next caller is also debate related and they have they have something to say and really I'm playing this because <laughs> they do a spot on impersonation of Hillary Clinton.
4: Something in the Democratic
5: debate episode Hillary Clinton says
0: Senator Sanders, you were the only person in 2000 that voted to deregulate Wall Street, blah, 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 (laughs) blah. Well,
4: I'm just throwing this out there. In 2000 she was the first lady of the United States uh, and Martin O'Malley was the goddamn governor or uh, mayor of Baltimore so neither one of them even could vote on anything involving Wall Street whatsoever. So doesn't that make that argument completely fuck invalid? Just throwing that out there. Uh, love the show. Britney's the
5: best part. Love the show. Britney's the best part. Bye.
1: Very funny. Well, first of all, let's address the, the point that was made. Very quickly. Because I don't agree with the point that was made. But I don't think that because... He was actually an elected official in the government and she was the wife of a president and Martin O'Malley, a mayor, that and they didn't really have any purview over that type of policy that it makes her complaint or criticism invalid. It would be like saying, caller, if you have a criticism over something George W. Bush did while he was an elected official, that you really don't have a platform to stand on because you also... We're not in the government, and he was. I I don't know. So I I don't necessarily agree with the point. However, thank you very much for the beautiful (laughs) Hillary Clinton impersonation and the effort that went into it, because I don't know if you noticed, and I'm going to play it again, I don't know if you noticed the the throat clear (laughs) just before he went into it.
0: Hillary Clinton says,
1: Senator
2: Sanders, you were the only person...
1: Did you did you hear that?
2: I did hear that. That is dedication. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah. He was he was he was going for he it. He was
2: preparing for the craft. Yeah,
1: Real good. Yes. Real. We have a talented, talented base of listeners mm-hmm. who from which we can draw so much. We thank you so much for calling. Again, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can also send a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit it at dolamore.com. It wasn't just voicemail, and it wasn't just a, a text to that number that we got this week. It was also an email from dollamore.com.
2: We're covering all the different ways that one is able to contact the show. Like
1: I said, it was a good couple of days.
2: Okay, so this is from... Michael, son of Daniel, guardian of the north, and keeper <laughs> wait, wait, of the wait, wait. sacred sword of a thousand truths. It would
1: be way better if you read it with more more I don't know, like game game of thronesy or you know, like a real okay. announcement okay. with some gusto. Okay. You ready? Yeah.
2: Michael, son of Daniel, guardian of the north, and keeper of the sacred sword of a thousand truths.
1: Oh yeah. That was awesome.
2: Or just Mike is fine.
1: Did is that actually on there? Did he say that? (laughs) Or just Mike?
2: Yeah. So Mike, (laughs) we'll go with that.
1: All right. What did he have to say?
2: Does the show have a Facebook page? If not, then why not make one? I would follow that. So many people would follow that, like millions of people.
1: I I can't tell if Mike. Is just being kind of a smarmy dick because we, <laughs> we we talk about the Facebook page maybe too much is yeah. what he's getting at. Yeah. Or if he, he just really couldn't find it.
2: Yeah. Well, we did have someone recently named Mike like the Facebook page. So I'm wondering if there was a connection there. I'm not sure. It wasn't Thousand Sword Truth mike name that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't son in a,
1: of daniel
2: <laughs> it wasn't in the facebook name so i'm unsure of what to think but was
1: there like a viking or a highlander or some type of of ancient warrior i
2: don't remember for the
1: for the the, the profile picture i don't
2: remember but huh. but hopefully mike you have found it or you will find it it is i doubt it with dollar podcast on facebook on facebook pretty easy so you can facebook. find it there
1: dot com Slash, I doubt it with Dolomore. Just like that. Okay, and this is the last communication we got this week, but it was by far the most communicated item from the last show from episode one hundred eighty-eight. We, as many of you know, because we did receive minor messages explaining oh, people's yes. concern about the music you hear now. We did receive one voicemail on the matter, and they seemed a little concerned.
6: Sweet holy mother of God, what was that that you just played on the last episode? That Donald Trump child indoctrination propaganda song? I had to, like, pause the episode and record this and send it to you guys. I can't even believe what I just heard. I recently watched a documentary about propaganda in North Korea, and it sounds just like the songs that they they sing about the dear leader in North Korea. So creepy. I'm gonna have nightmares. Um, So, there's that. Anyway, love the show, and Britney's still the best
1: part.
7: Love the show. Britney's the best part.
1: Bye. I have to say that I agree, and (laughs) While
2: why are you playing it still? Putting, Turn it off.
1: No, it stays because I want this to be
2: in people's heads. This is horrific. Yeah, because it's so catchy. It,
1: it certainly is. But we really did receive several messages. I received messages from you know personal friends who texted me.
2: Okay, seriously, don't play it still. And
1: let me know that this is too much.
2: It is too much.
1: They blamed me for going forward. This is worse than Rebecca Black with Friday because you're singing about Donald Trump. No good.
2: Is it done yet? Mm. So what I loved about good. the call is that she was so upset. She was legitimately distressed by this. And I think you watched the North Korea documentary that she was referring to.
1: If if it's the same documentary that she's referring to, I did watch it. And it is eerily similar to that type of thing.
2: It was a Netflix documentary. Yeah, right?
1: yeah where the guy goes in, he's from Spain, and he's the first actual like journalist to get in there and film. And it is, it, it opens with the little kids doing their songs and venerating the dear leader. And it's the same kind of crazy shit here. The other thing, and this goes back to the collars, I find it awesome that we have collars that give such rich... Rich sound bites
6: Sweet holy mother of God what was that
1: <laughs> we're gonna keep uh we're gonna make a a compilation of of gems just like that from our awesome awesome audience yes all right well look at this here we are We don't have any follow-up today. We could talk a little bit about the Oregon militia but that's getting boring. Very
2: boring. They had
1: a town hall kind of a meeting in in one of the high school's gymnasiums. And uh, the town people really spoke their mind and are not happy with those gentlemen being there and really voiced that. But that was like an hour and a half, three hours of video. And I'm not going to sift through all that bullshit just to play you a few clips of people who hate them. Because I think you can imagine being an intelligent audience with a working cognitive ability that they're pretty much hated in that community. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's move on.
6: Support for I Doubt It with Dollimore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit Patreon.com/slash. I doubt it with
1: Thursday, the twenty-eighth of January is the next Republican primary debate held on Fox News, and as Brittany mentioned last time, it will be again a rematch of sorts between the lovely Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. And Donald Trump.
2: Right. And I'm excited because I saw a post to Megyn Kelly's Facebook page where she, uh, a couple days ago, has already started working on her questions. Right. And her friend Janice Dean, who is the weather woman over at Fox News, yeah, yeah. shared the picture of Megyn Kelly already writing her questions and said, my friend Megan is so dedicated, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, love to torture myself by reading the comments on the internet. And so I started reading the comments on this post and everyone was saying that, you know, she better respect Donald Trump and Ted Cruz (laughs) and she better not try to pull what she pulled last time and that she's a rhino Uh. and a secret liberal, blah, blah, blah. So I'm excited. I hope that she doesn't back down and that she asks him an equally, um,
1: Provocative question.
2: Provocative and difficult question just to tell everyone to F off.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Because that's what it would be.
1: Well, she should be asking provocative questions. Good journalists ask tough questions.
2: Right. People shouldn't be surprised that she's asking tough questions. They should expect that and want that.
1: Yes. Listen, even the candidates should welcome tough questions because it gives them an opportunity to clear the air. To, to get the truth, as it were, or as it should be, out. That's just not the case with Donald Trump, because there's so much bullshit surrounding him that it doesn't really work that way. So anyway, that is the 28th, well, we launched right into it. The 28th, Thursday, if you are interested in those debate episodes, go to patreon.com slash We would love to have you join the growing group of people who support the show that way, we love you guys very much. The other thing is, is some of the stickers that I've sent out apparently haven't gotten to their homes. We had one person post on the Facebook page that no, we didn't get that. We didn't get our stickers either. So if that's the case, message us. Message us on the Facebook page. Post on the Facebook page. Tweet at us. Email us. Call us. Whatever. Let me know if you did not. Hell, let me know if you did. If you did, send us a picture of where you put it. We'd love to see. We really would. And then if you didn't, I really want to know because goddamn, I want to I want to get those out to you. That is all. All right. Shall we move on?
2: See, si, señor.
1: All right. Dolamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So if you've listened to this program for any more than five or ten minutes during this election cycle, you will know that Donald Trump has rambled on and on about religion, about the fact that he is a, hey, I'm a Protestant, I'm a Presbyterian, Uh, the Bible, the crackers, the little wine, Uh, (laughs) constantly, uh, the Bible, it's the greatest book, next, uh, The Art of the Deal is the second greatest book, Uh, he's, it's classic and unabashed pandering. In my estimation, mm-hmm. it's almost as though he's doing it in a mocking tone.
2: It really is.
1: Here is just a very short montage or mashup of just those types of events.
0: I'm a Protestant. I'm very proud of it. Presbyterian to be exact. But I'm very proud of it. When we go in church and, and when I Drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker. I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness. And I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed. Most importantly, I brought my Bible. I'm a good Christian. Okay, remember that. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. That's my second favorite book of all time. Do you know what my first is? the bible god will be very proud of me the bible is special i have great relationship with god i have great relationship with uh, the evangelicals
1: we love the evangelicals so this man who has such great relationship with god mm-hmm. as he just said mm-hmm. not a great relationship just i have great relationship yes <laughs> he has such a wonderful relationship and working knowledge of the Holy Scripture, of the Bible, the greatest book ever written. First, of course, second being The Art of the Deal, the book he wrote. He was at Liberty University this week, the the university founded by Jerry Falwell, and he gave an hour-long speech to a mandatory gathering of the student body, wherein... He quoted scripture and didn't know the name of 2nd Corinthians. And we're going to protect Christianity. And
0: I can say that. I don't have to be politically correct. We're going to protect it. You know... And I, I asked Jerry, and I asked some of the folks, because I hear this is a major theme right here, but 2 Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17. That's the whole ball game. Where the Spirit of the Lord, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And here there is Liberty College, but Liberty University. But it is so true. You know, when you think, and that's really, is that the one? Is that the one you like? I think that's the one you like, because I loved it. And it's so representative of what's taken place. But we are going to protect Christianity. And if you look what's going on throughout the world, you look at Syria, where if you're Christian, they're chopping off heads. You look at the different places and Christianity, it's under siege. I'm a Protestant, I'm very proud of it, Presbyterian to be exact, but I'm very <laughs> proud of it, very, very proud of it. And we've got to protect because bad things are happening. Very bad things are happening.
2: So the mashup that you played before this clip, it just sounds like what someone who's pretending to be a Christian would say. Yeah. I'm a Christian, guys. I'm a good Christian. You believe me, right? I right. love the Bible. It's great. <laughs> I brought it. I love the Bible. I got the little wine, the little crack. I love my little snacks. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it sounds like so much like he's mocking.
1: Yeah. And yeah. then
2: you hear this and yeah. he calls it two Corinthians and you can hear the audience reacting There's to it.
1: There's a murmur. And then as he, as he starts quoting, you can hear fluttering of giggling and laughter in the audience yeah and then he
2: notices it and he says oh you guys like that one right that's the one you like because he can tell that they're reacting to what he's saying but they're not corinthians right they're not reacting to what the scripture they're reacting to what why is he saying it like that
1: it lets you know that he has little to no working knowledge or knowledge just in general of the holy bible zero and for him to claim and try to pander to this particular group, which it seems that they're they're just swallowing it, hook, line, and sinker. They want so badly for this guy to be the real deal that they are blindly following him. It is bizarre. Real, real bizarre. Well, relative to this...
2: Can I comment on one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. When he says that it's politically correct to say that he's going to protect Christianity, and it just plays into that audience... Well, we need
1: to protect Christianity.
2: Yeah, relax, everybody.
1: Listen, Christianity needs no more protecting than any other religious group in the world, especially in America, where some figures say it's 73% of the country is Christian and he's talking about Christians getting their heads lopped off or chopped off in, in in the Middle East in these war-torn regions, Shias are also getting their heads cut off right. by Sunnis in these same war-torn regions.
2: Right, not just Christians.
1: Maybe at a higher rate. More Shias, more Muslims are being beheaded. Why? Why not protect their flavor of mythology? Why is it only Christianity, that particular brand... A fairy tale needs to be protected here in America. All other fairy tales, eh, not so much. Ugh. Well, adjacent to all of this, I talked about last time how he was going on the attack on Ted Cruz and how it wasn't going to play. He was starting to get booed at audiences. Well, he has, it seems as though maybe he has slowed his role on the Cruz attacks This Monday afternoon,
5: the only book better than Donald Trump's art of the deal is the Bible, obviously. So says Donald Trump. Today, the Republican frontrunner spoke to students at Liberty University in Virginia, a Christian school that the late evangelist Jerry Falwell founded. Donald Trump praised Falwell's legacy and quoted from the Bible, or tried to. Unlike some of Trump's rallies, he did not target most of his Republican rivals by name, except for calling Jeb Bush a stiff and, of course, low energy.
0: Because we don't want to insult anybody, and this is really such nice religious people. I love it. Such great Christians. I can't say bad. Am I allowed to say bad in this room? No. Okay.
5: Well, that's very different from the Donald Trump we saw this weekend in South Carolina. He went hard after his closest rival, Ted Cruz. Trump even got loud boos from, the, from some in the crowd. But that did not stop him from continuing
0: the attacks. He's a nasty guy. Nobody likes him. Nobody in Congress likes him. Nobody likes him anywhere once they get to know him. He's a very, um, he's got an edge that's not good. You can't make deals with people like that, and it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing for the country. Very nasty guy.
5: Well, you won't find that in two Corinthians. (laughs) For now, Ted Cruz seems to be laughing it all off. He went out with this tweet today, uh, and in it he says, I got to say, the American people are feeling pretty nasty towards the Washington cartel complete with a link to Janet Jackson's 1980s hits, Nasty, presidential frontrunners. Today in New Hampshire, <laughs> uh, Ted Cruz said he's starting to get under his rival's skin. Listen, you know, Donald uh, seems to be a little uh, rattled. For, what, for whatever reason, he is very,
4: very dismayed. And, and I guess as conservatives continue to unite behind our
8: campaign, as his poll numbers continue to go down, that, 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 that seems to be,
5: he's a little testy about it. The Cruz campaign is also sending reporters old news clips of Donald Trump now, one of them showing Trump calling Hillary Clinton a terrific woman. Carl Cameron is on Fox Stop Story following the political race. He's in Washington. Hey, Carl.
8: Hi, Shep. Team Cruz is fighting back with web attacks that feature Trump's praise for the Clintons as proof of Trump's unworthiness and untrustworthiness. Trump has been trashing the Clintons for weeks, but this was just a couple of years ago when she stepped down as Secretary of State.
0: Well, first of all, I know her very well, and I know her husband very well, and I like them both. And they are, uh, you know, just really terrific people. I like them both very much, but I think you'll be, you know, you'll be looking at the record of Hillary Clinton and how did she do as Secretary of State, probably above and beyond everybody else and everything else.
8: With Cruz unapologetically blasting Trump for, quote, New York values, Trump's daughter is up on the radio in Iowa and New Hampshire, with new ads saying her dad is deeply grounded in, quote, traditional values. Trump suggested just a couple of days ago that
1: his campaign has more intensity than Ronald Reagan's ever had. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot there. Some of that is just to illustrate how happy I am, how wonderful I think it is that Fox News is behind the the eight ball at gathering clips and piecing together ideas like that. They're slower than your 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 humble program here well we covered this way before fox news did
2: i also love that shep said presidential frontrunners. everybody right 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 <laughs> because
1: responding with tweets and janet jackson songs
2: right it's so true it's so childish and ridiculous and i love that there's someone who is acknowledging this <laughs> you know that has a large audience
1: yeah for sure larger than us anyway
2: yes slightly
1: only slightly though only a bit so the big news this week, relative to Donald Trump and his campaign for president, is none of what we've talked about yet. It is the fact that former governor, quitter of the top gubernatorial post in the state of Alaska.
2: Well, she had reality shows to attend former to. Former
1: vice presidential nominee, Sarah Palin, has has come out and endorsed Donald Trump in her 20-minute rambling diatribe word salad bullshit speech that she gave at the event i only have a very short clip just to give you a a sous a flavor of what went down when she endorsed donald trump
7: no more pussyfooting around our troops deserve the best you deserve the best he is from the private sector not a politician can i get a hallelujah private sector you actually have to balance budgets in order to prioritize to keep the main thing the main thing and he knows the main thing a president is to keep us safe economically and militarily he knows the main thing and he knows how to lead the charge so troops hang in there because helps on the way because he better than anyone isn't he known for being able to command fire Are you ready for a commander in chief? You ready for a commander in chief who will let our warriors do their job and go kick ISIS ass? Ready for someone who will secure our borders, to secure our jobs, and to secure our homes. Ready to make America great again. Are you ready to stump for Trump? I'm here to support the next president of the United States, Donald Trump.
1: I I am flabbergasted at the the crowds that seem that this type of bullshit, utter bullshit seems to resonate with. It is it's insane.
2: Yeah, the shocking thing to me is that Sarah Palin has been speaking in the public for so long and is still such a horrible public right. speaker.
1: He, he knows the main thing is the main thing. She, Keeping the main thing the main thing, and then you know what the main thing is? Well, it's the main thing.
2: Half the time <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what it is that she's really talking about in between right. the pauses right. and the fumbling through, trying to find her words, and then just saying like meaningless things. Right. It's very difficult to listen to.
1: Well, unfortunately for the Palin family, news broke just the day after this that her son had been arrested for domestic violence or, or some other personal matter, criminal, but personal matter in Alaska. We're not going to focus on that because he is a private citizen. He didn't ask to be in the limelight. He may have committed a crime, but he's, he's innocent until proven guilty. We'll find out. But he's, he's not someone we're going to attack I saw lots of Facebook posts really poking fun, making light of the situation with him, and I found it a little unfair. I, I was I didn't join in.
2: Well, and you made the point that Bristol has made herself a public figure.
1: Right. We we gleefully make fun of Bristol Palin because she has put herself out there as a public figure. She went on TV. She has this blog. She wants notoriety, so we'll give it to her.
2: Right, but no one knows who Track Palin is. That's exactly and right. And he hasn't really put himself out there. And obviously, he's going through something that's not very great, but to attack him, we don't really know him. You know, right. I, just because you don't like the Palins which is understandable. He, you know, you don't really know him personally, but obviously he's not making good choices, but it seems weird to attack someone when they haven't put themselves out there. That's right. I don't know.
1: I I really feel that way. Well, anyway, the only reason we're going, going to talk about it, we're not going to go into detail about what happened, but she talked about him on the campaign trail and took a very weird angle on her son's arrest and the problems that he now faces, she actually blamed Barack Obama
7: I can talk personally about this I guess it's kind of an elephant in the room because my own family going through what we're going through today with my son a combat vet having served in a striker brigade fighting for you all America in the war zone But my son, like so many others, they come back a bit different. They come back hardened. They come back wondering if there is that respect for what it is that their fellow soldiers and airmen and every other member of the military so sacrificially have given to this country. And that starts from that the top. It's a shame that our military personnel even have to wonder if they have to question if they're respected anymore. It starts from the top, the question, though, it comes from our own president, where they have to look at him and wonder, do you know what we go through? Do you know what we're trying to do to secure America and to secure the freedoms that have been bequeathed us? So when my own son is going through what he goes through coming back, I can certainly relate with other families who kind of feel these ramifications of some PTSD and some some of the woundedness that our soldiers do return with and it makes me realize more than ever it is now or never for the sake of America's finest that we have that commander in
2: chief who will respect them and honor them so what's <laughs> What's so strange to me about this is the GOP is supposed to be the party of personal responsibility. Yeah. And Hard,
1: tough on crime. Right. Yeah.
2: Here she is removing the personal responsibility from her son to make good choices and not violently harm people and saying, Well, look, you know, he hasn't been supported by the government. Right. And no one understands what he's going through. And so this has happened.
1: Well, she's she's cheapening um the actual psychological ramifications of combat the actual mental damage brain damage the 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 whether it be uh disorders of uh post-traumatic stress other anxiety disorders that you can come back with i think she cheapens it when she says things like this
7: they come back wondering if there is that respect for what it is that their fellow soldiers and airmen and every other member of the military so sacrificially have given to this country.
1: So she's saying there that her son, who this is all alleged right now, but her son, who brandished an AK-47 and hit his, his, his wife or, or, or partner, struck her. He did that because he's wondering about, ah, am I respected? I'm not sure if I'm respected. Let me beat the shit out of the woman I love and I live with. Mm -hmm. That's, it is a, it's disrespectful to the troops to even assert that.
2: Right. To say, well, the PTSD would be cured. If President Obama would acknowledge what they go through. Right. Which, by the way, does she think that Donald Trump is going to know what these people are going through?
1: Yeah, right. Well, he he's, he's the most militaristic person ever, Brittany, as evidenced by what he said.
2: Right. So she's saying that Barack Obama... Doesn't understand what they're going through, but a multi-billionaire who has always had money.
1: Five draft deferments.
2: Who has always had money, who has always lived a life of luxury, is going to understand what these men and women are going through. That's her, that's the case that she's arguing? Right. Okay. Yeah, terrible. Makes, Makes a lot of sense.
1: So, and here's the other thing about respect our troops.
7: We need, we need to elect a Commander-in-Chief who will respect our troops. A Commander-in-Chief. A Commander-in-Chief who understands that we, as Americans, you here in Oklahoma especially, you love your freedom. And when you love your freedom, you thank a vet. You think of that, and then you realize that our vets deserve a commander-in-chief who will let them do their job and go kick ISIS ass.
1: Fuck you, Sarah Palin. You are a terrible, terrible person. Respect the troops. Send them to war to die. That's what she's saying. The only way to really, truly respect the troops is to send them off to foreign lands to die in combat, protecting other nations. I'm not even talking about the accuracy or the validity of her comments relative to the conflict with ISIS and what we should do, whether it should be American boots on the ground, but for her to to saddle up those two things together. Respect for the troops means automatically send them to war to die. That is ridiculous. It is patently offensive. She should be ashamed of herself.
2: So the other thing that I'd like to acknowledge is on one of the debate episodes, we had a little uh, little tiff about Hillary Clinton's voice being shrill.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: And... What about Sarah Palin's voice? It
1: is the worst. It's the worst.
2: Is it the most shrill voice that has ever existed?
1: <laughs> Listen, I I would rather have Hillary Clinton screaming sexy nothing's into my ear for the next 10,000 years <laughs>
2: screaming them.
1: Well, that's the only way you get the shrill. Is is when that that top register gets hit when they start, you know, yelling. Mhm. You know, it, it gets up there. Yeah. Uh, I, I would rather have Hillary Cl- Clinton's shrillness than than this hag any time. And look, I don't want to devolve into calling names, but Sarah Palin is a terrible person. She is terrible for America. She is what is wrong with our country. She is what is wrong with the electorate. She represents all that is soulless and evil in our world and in our nation maybe i'm going a little over the top i
2: think that you might be yeah
1: but goddamn she's tell me that she's redeeming in any way
2: she's a horrible person she has nice skin and she dresses well oh
1: yeah she's she's a sexy old lady
2: yeah she's all right
1: but she's a fucking troll
2: she is not the greatest. All right. And Metered.
1: Brittany Page, everybody. She,
2: she has a spot in uh, Donald Trump's cabinet. Sweet
6: holy mother of God, what was that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump has said that she, she has a place in his cabinet, so we'll see what happens. Secretary of... Energy. Energy, she wants to right, be, right,
1: right, right. She doesn't even know what the Secretary of Energy does. Right, we covered that. Yeah. Well, all right. Sorry. No more. You can never do say not it address again. it
2: again, sir. <laughs> We've already talked about that.
1: All right. Well, let's move on. Not necessarily from Sarah Palin, but John Kasich was asked. John Kasich was asked by Blitz, good old Wolf Blitzer over at CNN, who, listen, I. I'm not a fan of Blitz. It's coming down to he's more of a comic figure for me than he is a, a reputable journalist. I don't know why. He just I don't like his style.
2: Well, he'll be interviewing someone and, you know, let's say something funny happens. He'll be like this. That was really funny and entertaining. Now, what do you have to say about right. that? <laughs> he'll he'll say, you know, a feeling and his voice is always the same. That was really tragic and upsetting. Right. It's he, just always the same.
1: He's like the Will Ferrell character who has immodulation disorder or whatever.
2: Yeah, he he just is always the same. That's well, the only thing that I can say. He
1: interviewed John Kasich and asked about her involvement and in endorsement of Donald Trump and John Kasich came back with what I thought to be kind of a snarky sideways slight against Sarah Palin. He, was, he says, oh, I'm I'm glad she's back in the news, is what he says. And Wolf Blitzer takes it and, and just says, well, you used to work with her at, uh, at Fox News, so you must, you must really like her, or something like that.
2: are you, you going to play the clip? I'm going to play the
1: clip. Shut up. What's your
2: reaction to Sarah
1: Palin's endorsement of Donald Trump?
4: Good for Sarah. She's back in the, back in the news again. Good. God bless her.
1: You worked with her at, at Fox News. Uh, you like her, obviously.
4: Well, I, I always like Sarah Palin. She speaks her mind, and that's good for uh, for Donald. But here in New Hampshire, they're a lot more interested in, in the mayor of a of a small town here than they are somebody that comes from the outside. It's a very interesting situation here, uh, Wolf, in New in New Hampshire. You know, it's all about town halls. It's about people taking your temperature. I mean, we just finished one with a, a, a you know a really good turnout, and you know, it's like noon, and people show up. They. They ask you questions. And I'll tell you the interesting thing. Contrary to the reports that many of us hear, the people are not angry. Uh, they know that we have problems, and I acknowledge that. But, you know, they want to be hopeful. And most people leave my town hall meetings and people ask them, what do you think? They said, well, I'm, I'm hopeful again. Because the problems that we have in this country are not that difficult to solve. The, the thing that's hard to solve is the over-partisanship, uh, uh, the partisanship uh, the fact that people are not putting... The country first are acting as representatives to america rather than to their party or their strident ideology so uh, we talk through all these issues and we have a lot of fun we joke we kid but we're serious and it goes great i've done more than anybody in who's ever running for president this time and and it's working out great we have a ground game here in new hampshire that former senator gordon humphrey says is the best he's seen in 40 years and we've now risen to second place. So, you know, it's all kind of working out, and I'm
1: having a ball. wish you were out here with me, Wolf. <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment, Wolf. I wish you were out here with me, <laughs> hanging out, buddy. Oh, geez. So, I let that go a little long because of that last thing that he said. Apparently, there is a poll. I don't know how reputable. I don't know how, how accurate they have been and proven themselves to be. But there is a poll among likely voters that indicates that John Kasich is now second in New Hampshire.
2: This poll is from the American Research Group, and they claim they've been conducting surveys of voters since 1985. Maybe that makes them more reputable. All right. The sample size was 600 people, uh, telephone interviews. And among likely Republican voters in New Hampshire, those that say they're definitely voting, Kasich has 22% which is second to Donald Trump's 24%.
1: So pretty close, Yeah, according to that poll. Yes. Which is good news for not just John Kasich, but also for America in general, that it looks like Donald Trump's support is evaporating in states, early states like New Hampshire.
2: And just to compare this, 538, you know, they're doing the projections based on polling and a number of other things. Um, Donald Trump has a 46% chance of winning the New Hampshire primary right now. This changes Mm -hmm. day to day. And Kasich has a 12%. Okay. He's fourth. So
1: that's not not terrible. No, not
2: terrible. And not even
1: just for, I'm not talking about like in support of John Kasich. I'm just saying anybody but Trump to get the nomination at this point.
2: And there are 11 days until the first, which is the Iowa caucus. That's
1: right. So the other thing, and this is also, I apologize, kind of, because the clip is so good. Uh, This is also Donald Trump related. And Rand Paul was on with JTAP, Jake Tapper, Britney's crush. I love him. And uh, talking to Rand Paul about why he compares Donald Trump to the Gollum <laughs> from Lord of is the Rings. Is it the
2: Gollum or just Gollum?
1: Oh, I guess his name is Gollum.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: in Jewish lore, it, the Gollum or a Gollum is like a, a demon that comes to haunt you and right, terrorize he's you. he's
2: comparing him to Gollum. Well, Tolkien stole the fucking word
1: from Jewish lore.
2: Yes, but he's comparing him to Gollum from Lord of the Rings.
5: Today you wrote a Facebook post in which you likened Donald Trump to Gollum. The bad guy uh, from Lord of the, the Rings. Gollum. There's Gollum. There's a picture of the handsome fellow. Okay. How on earth, or I guess I should probably say how on middle earth, is Donald <laughs> Trump
1: like Gollum?
9: Well, you know, Gollum was uh, after his precious, his little ring, the <laughs> ring of power. And to him, power was really important to be an obsession. And I think Donald Trump in some ways represents that in the sense that he's so smart, he's so rich. If you just give him power, he's going to fix everything. But, you know, I come from a tradition, the limited government tradition. Really, we hearken back even to the plains of Runnymede, to the barons challenging the king. We believe in limitation of power, and we believe that power corrupts and that absolute power corrupts absolutely. So we don't want a strong leader. In fact, I tell people all the time I want to give power back to the states and the people. I want the presidency to have power taken away from it, because I think the president gotten too powerful. I don't hear that from Donald Trump. For What I hear from Donald Trump is... He's so smart. He's so rich. Give him power, and he'll fix everything. But that concerns some of us who are students of history who believe too much power is the problem.
5: You'll concede that, that he's better looking than Gollum. <laughs> that you'll, you'll think no, fit it was not a physical comparison. Not a physical Donald. comparison. <laughs> Senator Rand Paul, thank you so much. As I say to every candidate, good luck in
1: Iowa. I hope, it's a, I hope it's a good night for you. Appreciate it. Say what you will about Rand Paul and about his policies and about the man himself. I like... That Not so much the comparison to Gollum or the Gollum, but uh, I like that. This this is what really reaches out to me and appeals to me about limited government, about less powerful people in government. It's that thing that is so attractive to me. Now, to illustrate kind of what Rand Paul is talking about, this past week, actually while speaking at Liberty University... Donald Trump says that he's going to make Apple manufacture their computers and things, or whatever he the words he used, that he's going to force them to manufacture in the United States and not elsewhere.
2: Quote, we're going to get Apple to build their damn computers and things in this country instead of in other countries.
1: Uh, and so he is president of the United States. He believes he's going to have the power... To tell companies how to run their business.
2: And again, this runs counter to the ideas within the GOP. So I imagine that this got plenty of applause and cheers. I don't know for sure. Right. Because I'm not going to sit through that entire speech and watch this. But I assume. And that's not what you guys believe in. So why are you cheering for these things? Why are you continuing to allow this? it's,
1: It's what I've been talking about for a long time. That it is... Your party affiliation is more important than actual political ideology with these people. It whether you have the big R next to your name or the big D next to your name. Big D. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what's most important. It's this is my group. This is my this is my clan, you know, and that becomes what's most most important to them, not the actual ethos that leads and should guide the party into the future.
2: So Nate Silver published an article on 538 about Donald Trump titled Donald Trump is really unpopular with general election voters. Mm-hmm. And he says, quote, "It's hard to say exactly how well or poorly Trump might fare as the Republican nominee. Partisanship is strong enough in the US that even some of his most ardent detractors in the GOP would come around to support him if he were the Republican candidate. Trump has some cunning political instincts and might not hesitate to shift back to the center if he won the GOP nomination." A recession or a terror attack later this year could work in his favor. But Trump would start at a disadvantage. Most Americans just don't like him. And they did some net favorability ratings. And Donald Trump has a negative 25 net favorability rating. Wow. Right. So 58% say unfavorable. 33% say favorable. So he's, he's not well liked.
1: Right. That is a scant percentage that likes him that thinks he's a a favorable uh, opinion of him
2: and just for comparison uh, Ben Carson has a zero net favorable so he just breaks even right right and Marco Rubio has a negative one so pretty likable yeah yeah Ted Cruz, oddly enough, has a negative seven. I don't, no one likes him except for the American public.
1: Well, it's because the (laughs) American public doesn't have to work with him, doesn't have to actually deal with him, doesn't have to be around him. They just see him on TV in these manufactured, you know, clips that he, uh, okay, I'm going out. I got to be the guy I need to be now. You know, he's not an asshole. Well, let's not go crazy.
2: (laughs) So the only candidate that, ends up on the positive side of net favorability is
1: bernie sanders
2: yes really yeah wow by three so plus three net favorability 35 unfavorable that's gotta be because he's
1: fucking genuine he's the real article and people sense that they know that he's he's not just being a lying pandering jerk off that's what i would think
2: well, that is what you think. All right. And uh, I mean, I don't know. And it doesn't say here, but. And then Hillary It doesn't
1: say that people think that he's not a off. It doesn't say jerk. that. Uh-huh. No.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah.
2: Hillary Clinton has a negative eight net favorability, right. just for comparison. Right.
1: All right. Well, we're done with the comparisons. Let's move on to the last item in Doll Marco Rubio this week was asked Ugh. by. Are you asking the question or asking the? What
2: I was clearing my throat.
1: Right, he was asked by an atheist who claims to represent millions of Americans. He re- personally represents them.
2: He's my representative. Right. Who is he? Thank
1: you, <laughs> unnamed gentleman asking the question, claiming to represent me. But he did. A, he asked it a very point, uh, a very poignant question, and Rubio rambled for quite a while, and then ultimately finished with while negative not quite as nutty as he could have ended it.
4: Atheist voter. Mm-hmm. I represent millions of atheists and non-theists around the country. Thank you, sir. Uh, one of the fastest growing voter blocks. And uh, you said earlier that you want to stand up for religious freedom and, and all of that. My question is for atheist voters that are looking for somebody that will uphold their rights as Americans and not pander to a certain religious group. I just noticed your recent ad It mentioned nothing about policy. It mentioned nothing about ideas, and it simply talked about wanting us to follow faith and find God and go to heaven and things like that, which is fine for those people that align with you. My question is, how do you plan on upholding our rights and focusing on non-theists? Because there's there's talks in our community about you running as pastor-in-chief instead of commander-in-chief, so I'm curious your thoughts. Well,
3: first of all, um, as I said during my speech, you have a right to believe whatever you want. You have a right to believe in nothing at all. You most certainly have that right, by the way, I'm a Christian. I can't force you to be a Christian. Christianity is a is a free gift. Mm-hmm. We Christians believe that salvation is a free gift that has to be willfully accepted. I can't force it on you. So you have a right to believe whatever you want, and I can respect want. I'm going to share my faith, especially when I'm asked, because my faith influences who I am in every aspect of my life. First of all, I believe you don't you can't really understand America unless you don't understand if you don't believe that judeo-christian values influenced america you don't know history i'm not saying you i'm just saying this nation was founded on the principle that our rights come from our creator if there's no creator then where did your rights come from and so that's why it's important for us to understand that and we're going to protect the rights of americans to continue to believe that i'm also going to be we're also going to have a country where no one is forced to violate their conscience which means no one's going to force you to believe in god but no one's going to force me to stop talking about god
2: okay what are you talking about? <laughs> y- you're not answering the question at all. Of and Of course he's not. You're just saying things that we clearly already know. We know that you're not going to force anyone to believe in God. <laughs> we know that no one's going to force you to not believe in God. These are non-issues. Right. Th- these are not the issues at hand, sir.
1: Oh, I think he's answering the question quite skillfully, Brittany. I don't know why you take issue.
2: <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's real
1: smart. Well, if you don't believe in the Judeo-Christian ethic... Where, if you don't believe in a creator, where where do you get? Why are you not out raping? Well, if I didn't have, if I didn't have a belief in a creator, I'd be out raping willy nilly right now. Why, why? Why aren't you? In fact, why are you wasting time asking me questions? Get out there, loot, pillage, rape,
2: sir. That's what. That's a great point because.
1: Huh?
2: huh? <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Why isn't that the automatic thought when someone hears that statement? I have
1: no idea. Where
2: where do you get your morality from? Because they are saying that. They're saying without my belief, without the terror of being sent to hell, I'm, I'm going to be a terrible person. I'd be a
1: raping, murdering monster right. with, without belief in, in some invisible mythological character.
2: So they're so confused by how you could possibly know what is right unless you believe in this thing. Right. And for a president to be saying that, it's kind of scary, right? right. Someone who's going to have so much power and control. He's that close.
1: Only that There's only that much distance between him and a rape spree.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know about that, but... Well,
1: he, he just said it.
2: He's not talking about rape.
1: Murder, rape, the things you're not allowed... Well, you can rape in the Bible, so murder. You're not supposed to murder. It does say that. He
2: just said morality. Eh. You're picking terms, but he—he uh, is—he is one belief away, apparently, from turning into a completely immoral, terrible person. Right. Apparently. All right. From his words.
1: Ah, applause line, Brittany. Payton. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
1: I'm
3: not going to force you. you to pray. I'm not going to force you to go to church. Uh, I'm not going to force you to. We know. Or, or, or to espouse beliefs that you don't have, but no one's going to take away my right and your right. To live out the teachings of your faith.
1: No one. No one wants to take away you being able to live out the teachings of your faith. Unless, Marco Rubio, it stands in the way of the Constitution of these United States. Wherein you are not allowed to treat someone differently based on the way that they were born. You're not allowed to discriminate we are all equal. All of us, even under your your view of things, all men are created equal.
2: Right, so the What's question. So, so the question was how is he going to show support for non believers? How are they also going to be protected? He hasn't gotten That's there right. yet at let's, all.
1: Let's continue listening to him not
3: answer the question. I want to be very clear about something. And not only am I a Christian, and not only am I influenced by my faith, but it is the single greatest influence in my life. And from that I'll never hide. And I'll tell you why. Because I know that if I'm lucky, I get to live to be 85 or 90, depending on what life expectancy becomes with all this new medicine. But I'm interested in eternity and the ability to live forever with my Creator. You don't believe in, Mm. but I do. And that's what I aspire to more than anything else. One of the, the most, thats why I believe the most important job I have is the job of a father and a husband, more important even than the presidency, because I only have a handful of years to teach and instruct my children with the right values, not just to allow them to succeed in life, but more.
2: Did he say he only has a handful of ears?
3: Because I only have a handful of years.
2: <laughs> or did he say years? He has
1: far more than a handful of ears. <laughs> um, it, it, he he has like Andre the Giant's handful of ears because. He's got a lot of ears there. You're right, Britney Page.
2: So again, <laughs> um, he,
1: Britney, you're slaying it tonight. He you is. You are slaying it.
2: He is continuing to say things we already know, things we are not concerned about.
1: He's talking about his handful of ears.
3: More importantly, to also achieve <laughs> to, to be able to accept the the, the the gift of eternity, I believe that God, our Creator, became a man. <laughs> And he came down to earth and lived among us. Yeah, he Suffered did. like a, like, a, like a man would. Emotions.
1: He suffered like a
3: suffered man. Emotional <laughs> suffering, pain, illness, sickness, sadness. And then he died. And he died to remove sins that we couldn't remove up to that point.
2: Okay. Again, so did this guy? <laughs> did this guy get up and say, "Can you tell me? Um, just give me like a quick spark notes of your beliefs? <laughs> just kind of." Beginning to end,
1: no. you heard Brittany. You heard him say, "How are you going to um, govern and do, you know, represent non-theists? How are you?" That's what you heard, right? What Ru- Rubio heard was minister to me i want you to witness <laughs> right. to me and try to convince me to turn over my life to jesus christ i need the salvation message oh jesus that's he that's what he heard
2: whoa oh yeah we you are know. doing it wrong <laughs> time to start a church <laughs> jesse d's church yeah well you know the next joel austin a lot of years here. a lot of years
1: spent uh listening to that kind of uh, maniacal bullshit It'll change a person, Brittany. It'll change a person.
3: They could only be covered, but they couldn't be removed. And as a result, I now have the free gift of the opportunity to live forever with my creator. And I believe <laughs> oh, that sorry. passionately. <laughs>
2: he called it a free, a free gift.
9: A free
1: gift. Wait till the applause stops. And
3: I respect very much your willingness to stand up and ask that question. Because I know... Um, You're in a small minority here of people that share that view that you have. But you have a right to it. That's why it makes us such a great country. I would say this, though. You shouldn't be worried about my faith influencing me. In fact, I think you should hope my faith influences me. Here's why. You know what my faith teaches me? My faith teaches me that I have an obligation to care for the less fortunate. My faith teaches me that I have an obligation to love my neighbor. My faith teaches me that I have an obligation for those who are hungry to help try to feed them. For those who are naked to help clothe them. My faith teaches me I need to minister to, the, to, the, to those in prison. My faith teaches me that if I want to serve Jesus, I have to serve each other. And I think you should hope that that influences me. I know it's made this a greater country.
1: Your faith teaches you, Marco Rubio, that homosexuality is an abomination unto God and that two men who lie together as they would lie with a woman should be taken to the gates of the city and stoned to death because their blood is upon their own heads. Your faith teaches you that if a virgin is raped and the rapist is caught, he is to pay the father of the rape victim 50 shekels of silver, and then she, the rape victim, is to be forced to marry her rapist. That is what your faith teaches you.
2: Well, so he he hits on all the beautiful, positive things, about his faith, yes. But then there are these other very negative things, right. such as the gay marriage issue where the GOP is clearly you know, still somewhat accepting it depending on which person we're talking about, like the John Kasichs. Right. But most prefer to stay out of those affairs and not comment on anything, which... It's
1: a lose-lose for them.
2: Which is not good either, no, because either you're an advocate... Or you're on the wrong side. That's Absolutely. it. Either you are outspoken against the injustice or you're supporting it. That's that's how that goes. That's
1: right. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. And while they sit and do nothing, they are allowing evil to triumph and they themselves are evil. Bad news. All right. Let's do you have anything else on this particular matter, Brittany Page, before we end the show. With some awesome taking care of business.
2: Well, I wanted to talk about one in ten college students believing that Judge Judy is a Supreme Court justice.
1: Uh, let's briefly talk about that. I don't buy it, and maybe I just I have too much confidence in in people in general, and I don't pe- think people are that fucking vapid and stupid. But go ahead.
2: The poll was conducted by the American Council of Trustees and Alumni, and they call this a crisis a crisis in civic education. It was a poll of 1,000 American adults and college graduates in August 2015. They found that 9.6% of college graduates marked that Judith Scheindlin, Judge Judy, was on the Supreme Court. This wasn't the only thing that was a little shocking. Only 284 were able to name James Madison as the father of the Constitution. That is among college graduates.
1: Wow. And I don't the, know the, and
2: the judge Judy thing is among college graduates as well well the, so here's the deal they is that, didn't say judge Judy right, by the that, way they used her real name
1: that's the different thing is judge shineland Ju- Judith shineland look it's wrong but I don't know I, I don't know that I'm I know very many people at all I'm not gonna name a percentage I was <laughs> I was on the verge of it who know who could name the nine Supreme Court justices that I think that that's a rarity You have to be kind of in our business. You have to be of our ilk to be able to do something like that. So as much as I wish everyone had more knowledge of our system of government and more understanding of the players involved, I can't fault someone for not. And the fact that they listed on the form to choose the justices, Judith Scheindlin, you know, rather than Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Sotomayor,
2: Elena Kagan.
1: Yeah, or Elena Kagan, the other one. Other one, the other woman.
2: Yikes. <laughs>
1: the other one.
2: Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, it is a little much, and you never know if people... Sometimes people are the worst, and when taking surveys for research, they get funny and wise guy, and they put fake answers. You, Please, you, if you ever take a survey, right. do not do that.
1: You know this from your different research projects that you've done throughout both undergrad and grad school.
2: Yes. And that's why a lot of times people in their surveys, they put in answers that will catch people that are just going through and kind of answering randomly or, but you can't really filter out people that choose Judith Sheinlin because, well, what if they really think that? You don't know. Right. And you have to assume that they answered honestly. You can't assume they're joking.
1: Right. Kind of a bummer. But anyway, um... I, I, I'm going to hold fast and maintain my hope in the intellect of the American people and uh, think that it's wrong. That's just where I stand.
2: Taken care of biz. So the first, we have two. We have two Taking Care of Biz. Two
1: Taking Care of Biz today. this 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 Wednesday.
2: Yes. (laughs) The first Taking Care of Biz is a video that I saw from USA Today, and it's a report on five elementary school kids that took a kid under their wing and started inviting him to school lunch they just kind of included him in their group of friends like
1: fifth graders
2: right and, and doing they,
1: the right thing they
2: have lunch with him every day they invite him over to their house they play sports with him every day during recess and here is the story
1: and here is a terribly put together this narrator come okay on. it's
2: kind of slow but it's a really good story no, so. I got
1: teary at the end okay. I did
2: okay
8: all the students at franklin elementary start every day with a pledge indivisible but the justice for all part belongs to five fifth grade boys
6: why pick on someone who needs has special needs yeah
8: they're talking about james wilmer
6: I is
8: who learns a little differently Was. than most of the other fifth graders
6: coins they're like using them
8: which it turns out
6: and taking advantage of them
8: can get a guy teased
6: point because he's easier to pick on and this just not right
8: which is why gus tyler landon jake and jack James. decided this year to have james's back James. it really kind of makes you proud to be their teacher mallory Houck says the school's anti-bullying lessons must have struck a chord oh, but this has gone beyond even her expectations thank you james's mom's
3: He used to not want to go out for recess or anything. It would be like a struggle. And now he can barely eat his lunch to get outside to play with those guys.
8: (laughs) Play and learn. He has
6: a notebook with over 600 teams of college. Gustavus Adolphus. That's the one he likes sports. Nebraska. They learned,
8: too, that James was adopted from an orphanage in Columbia and that six years later he lost his new father, in a bicycle accident.
3: We just got a basketball hoop last week because he now loves basketball. I mean, they're changing him.
8: And they're still not done.
6: We're like, Do you have any sports games? He's like, and he was like, no, I don't have any video game systems. So that's when I came up with the idea.
8: With some of their own money and some from their parents, the boys recently delivered to James video games. And a new PlayStation.
3: Every one of them was smiling like crazy.
8: The first time friends had ever come to play with James.
3: I'll
6: never forget it. Never. Jack? What? You tie my shoe. Yep. (laughs) Indivisible. He's an awesome kid to hang out with. You're too fast! (laughs) 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 Boom! <laughs> touchdown! Woo! All of these guys are, are the best friends anybody could ask for.
8: No Franklin fifth grade friends have ever pledged allegiance like the James gang.
6: It's my twelfth touchdown. All of you guys.
2: So I love this story for a lot of reasons. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's hard not to love, but mostly because it... it makes you want to do this kind of thing right makes you want to take note of people that need some extra help or could use some extra love and give it to them and it also reminds me of when I was a kid and I wasn't like this and I wish I would have been more like this it
1: really that is it for me is it really did spark in me a regret that I wasn't better That I wasn't better in junior high and high school and elementary, but that it's not too late by any means to start doing the right thing.
2: And I think it's great that maybe it's just a different time. And and we hear a lot about bullying and internet bullying is terrible, but then you hear about this. And I think that kids might be being influenced by that bullying and these bullying messages, the anti-bullying messages and saying, well, you know what? I'm gonna do something about it, and this kid's getting bullied. You know what? We're gonna welcome him into our friend group. Absolutely. And this kind of story is going to become more popular, I think, as the anti-bullying messages become stronger, and we kind of become aware, and we become aware of the effects.
1: Sure, I think it's great. And like I said, even now as an adult, it's not too late to do the right thing and be be that fifth grade kid. You're obviously not gonna befriend a child but there's there are people in your life who they are that kid and you can still do the right thing as an adult. Awesome. It, it gives me hope. A lot, a lot of hope. So beautiful. All right. And our final, since Brittany did give us two taking care of bizes this episode.
2: Biz-eye.
1: <laughs> taking care of biz-eye. Yep. Apparently, David Bowie was more of a goddamn rock star than you even know.
2: Right. So the second taking care of biz person, group, whatever, is David Bowie. Right. And I say person, group, because the first one was a group of boys. Anyway, okay. Um, All right. (laughs) David Bowie. (laughs) Rejected a collaboration with Coldplay.
1: Yes, that on its face is beautiful.
2: So Coldplay drummer Will Champion did an interview, and he said that the group once tried to get Bowie to collaborate on a song that they had written with him in mind to sing a particular part. And Bowie's answer was, quote, it's not a very good song, is it? (laughs) And
1: summarily rejected them.
2: Yes. That
1: is seriously real good.
2: They say that they don't hold it against him. They say, quote, he was very discerning. He wouldn't just put his name to anything. I'll give him credit for that. So good. He wouldn't just put his name to anything like our music, so <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh, cold play. When are you gonna go away? All right. With that, we are gonna leave you with that nugget of wonder. We are gonna leave you. We love you, we appreciate you. God damn you guys. We are building something wonderful here, and we appreciate you taking part, moving the conversation forward, talking about the tough issues, and having a good goddamn time while we do it. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dallamore, and this has been I Doubt it.
2: I'm a Christian, guys. I'm a good Christian. You believe me, right? I love the Bible. It's great. I brought it. I love the Bible. I got the little wine, the little crack. I love my little snacks. <laughs>